Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Today, we're starting off the show right away with a gut check because you're going to know right away whether we were right or wrong about something. We are recording this. It is right now 8-17, so three minutes until kickoff of this game, and the news is that Chris Carson is out. Alex Collins is a starting running back against the Rams. So right off the bat, before we get into anything, before we do any pro anything, Jason, Alex Collins, your prediction. Oh, okay then. Um, let's go with 15, 60, two receptions, 14 yards. Oh, wow. J- Jason broke it down to... I, I was just looking for maybe a little narrative or something, but he broke it down to exact stats. That's what you get what you get. I thought you wanted exact stats, too. <laughs> That's what you get when you're talking to Jason. All right. I'll come up with some exact stats. Michael, what are your exact, bleh, exact stats? There you go. 14, 14 for 52 on the ground does not find the end zone and does not catch a pass. So we're all in agreement. I think that he struggles on the ground. I'm going to say 15 for 70. I'm a little more generous than you guys. And then... Uh, I'm going to say two two targets, one catch, 14 yards. I'm not and, and I think I'm being a little generous. I think I'm being a little generous to that. I think a lot of people today picked up Alex You're Collins. Being so generous. Yeah, they picked up Alex Collins on the on the waiver wire and they are expecting some, a, a starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks uh game and they're going to run into some hardcore Rams. Uh if you know what I'm saying. But with that, welcome in Ram 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 Ram. Putting ourselves on the line right away. This is the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim. Just like it says in the in the intro, uh, here with Michael and Jason. And the reason why we're here with you is because of our great people over at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy is the place where you can find us and the, the community that we've built. Today, we reached a very important milestone. Thank you so much. It's a monetary milestone. We won't tell you exactly how much money because we're not... You know, we're not those type of people who are just going to do that. $40 million. 39. 39 mil. Uh, but it, it, we, we reached a goal that we've been trying to reach, and it was it's a it's a nice milestone for us, and we thank you, everyone, um, over at Patreon.com. Join today for access to a community, extra podcasts, uh, giveaways, uh, DFS picks, which have been hitting on particularly Yahoo. Cass is is absolutely murdering. Um, Yahoo seems to be a very soft platform when it comes to DFS. Yeah. Fucking gimme right there, Yahoo. Yeah. We're going to make them bankrupt. Let's do it. Um, join the, you get that, you get that, you get uh, now a new feature by our one and only Michael uh, dubbed him the Mathemagician, Santiago Casanova, uh, the fourth Brodo brother from another mother. Uh, and he has an article out right now on the, Brodo fantasy fantasy football by Brodo app um, that explains how he's picking games and he's been extremely uh, great at picking these games so far and he's picking them for the patrons. Uh, what else do you need? The, the the membership here pays for itself, so please join up. And the thing that we are putting all our effort behind uh, is the fantasy football by Brodo app. Um, it is an app that not only you get all the Brodo fantasy content, but you get every single stat you need. You get usage numbers. I, I won't bore you with the list at the moment, but it is 
an endless plethora of everything you need to become a self-sufficient fantasy god. Like there is there's nothing else to say. Um and it's for free. <laughs> fantasy god. God, yo. You know god level. So, you know, <laughs> the, all the resources are at your fingertips. So, uh the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, check it out. Um and thank you for supporting us by listening to this. With that being said, we got Let two Let me ask you a question. Yeah, go ahead. Before we start, um, how does it make you guys feel that the best fantasy football player in our home league, uh, the person with the most rings, now has the for sure the best team in the league? How's that gonna make you? How's that make you guys feel? So a little black background. Jason acquired Alvin Kamara today, and he already has CMC from the defending champion of last season. So you can't even say anything with old stupid trade, Elias. Ah, <laughs> oh, it was the worst news of the day. Elias has a special spot in his heart for Darren Waller, who led him to a championship last year. I think that uh, had a lot to do with the trade that he made. He just wanted Darren Waller back. Stupid. The trade was a, you can't Alvin get back Kamara for Darren Waller, Antonio Brown, and James Conner. D- no, and Higby too. He got Kamara and Higby. All right, I'm not as high on Higby as you guys. He's a starting tight end. Yeah, apparently Michael end. apparently Michael doesn't like tight ends who put up around nine a game, but then he starts George Kittle in his flex. I love that. Hey, hey, <laughs> all I, I know that. is to go with those with those top running backs. I have DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, and Deontay Johnson. Oh, so God. three wide receiver ones there too. So good luck, good luck to y'all. Is all I'm gonna say. Man, man, Kelsey and Cup greater than CMC and Kamara in your dreams. In Cup dream. is about to put up like 400. Stop underrating fucking Christian McCaffrey, you fuck. Yeah, oh, man. I'm playing around, dude. He, yeah, right. You've been saying that in the group chat all day. Oh, I'm not happy. Yeah, about I'm this. having fun. I'm not happy about this. I'm not happy about this. Jason's the only Jay, person. Jay is, Jason. Jason is hasn't. Tim happy. Com- Jason hasn't completed a trade in our league in ma- in like two years because no one wants to trade for him. <laughs> and I hope you know that you just cost yourself another like three years of no trades ever after this. I hope you know. I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. I hope. I hope it is worth it. <laughs> All right, let's get into this, man. Um, the first game that we have on the docket is our very own Jets. A, a lot. A lot more of a. a a nice introduction for the Jets that I had last week. The Jets, yeah. pl- they balled out, baby. Um, Zach Wilson got the uh, Rookie of the Week uh, award because he deserved it. That Zach Wilson looked phenomenal, and now he gets the Falcons, whose defense has been absolutely horrendous. And some news that came through the wire today is Calvin Ridley will not be going to London. Um, the reason's unclear. Oh, Gage. Personal reason or Russell Gage. So no Ridley, no Gage. This is the second week in a row that the Jets have a team that's missing their top two wide receiving wide receivers. So let's get into this game. Uh, let's talk about the Falcons' offense first. Um, first of all, the Jets have allowed eight catches per game to running back so far this year. Plus the fact that there's no Ridley. Plus, plus the fact that there's no Russell Gage. I'm I'm and, and Cordero Patterson has been. Phenomenal when he's been on the field. I don't think there's any way that Cordero Patterson doesn't see more time. I don't like everyone's like, oh, he's only getting like 33% of the, the work. Yeah, sure. But I think this week you're going to see him above 50% and probably more because of just necessity. So that makes him That's, a dude, must start. Well, last week I said everyone's talking about how Cordero Patterson's playing uh, like 30% of the snaps. 
but he's getting a touch half the time, which means 15 to 20% of the plays for the Falcons are going to Cordero Patterson. I don't give a fuck if you're only on the field for that many plays if you're getting the ball 50% of the time. Thanks. And that's what it was last week, too. That's what everyone's pointing to. It's absurd how good he's been, too. Because guess what, guys? It's going to blow your mind. Here we go. For people go. over at least 15 touches, because you need to qualify for stats, Cordero Patterson not only leads the league in points per opportunity, he also leads the league in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. Oh, schnappity. That's... He's just leading the league. Like, that's it. <laughs> you don't even need a stat. It's just, it's Cordero Patterson, everyone else. He's been the best. He's been the absolute it's wild. best. That is At wild. this point, you got to start him this week. Like, especially with Calvin Ridley out, it, you have to start him. Don't get, don't get cute. Especially Cordero's in, your man. Especially in a matchup against the Jets. And so, Cordero, you, you're, is it, is it Cordero or Cordero? Honestly, I don't know. Cordero? I heard this on another podcast today as well. This 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 disagreement. I, apparently, no one knows. But Patterson, um, he's a must start. Let's go to his backfield mate because Mike <laughs> <Patterson>. Davis. Because <laughs> Mike Davis, this dude is getting work. And look, the theory is that the Jets have a bad run defense, and everyone is saying that out in the in the world. And I understand what they're saying, but they had to deal with a quarterback that's thrown nine interceptions already. Like that is a, a that is a tall task. On top of that, they have to deal with an offense that puts up zero points. So the op- op- the opposition has been doing nothing but handing the ball off. Obviously, people are going to have success in that game script. I don't think this game script goes that way. I don't think the Falcons get out to a, a big lead. So Mike Davis, I don't think people people who are like, oh, Mike Davis is the play this week because the Jets run defense suck. I think they're in for a surprise. And I'm not I'm not a fan of Mike <laughs> Davis today. I mean, tomorrow, um, Sunday. Honestly, like at this point, it's been four weeks. I understand, like you said, the the Jets, the whole Jets uh, giving up a lot of rushing yards because they're trailing and all that. But at this point in the season, they are in the top quarter of the league in least points allowed to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. The running backs are the only ones where the Jets aren't above average in uh, fantasy points allowed as a defensive unit. And I know you could laugh because it's the Jets, but Robert Sala is there and they're playing better. Like we watch the Jets consistently. We're Jets fans, as you all know, or most of you should know by now. And their defense has not been playing bad. Can can Um, I just say something that probably no one here knows? Probably don't know this. The Jets defense had seven sacks last week. I bet you no one listening knows that. I think that even the Jets defense might be a... A sneaky play Agreed. against I Atlanta. I'm playing them um, in a league. Run amok. I'm playing them in a league. So, like, and then you, you you, just get this, you know, oh, it's the Jets. Just start all your players against them. I'm not doing that this week. I mean, look, I'm not going to trust Olamide Zacchaeus or whoever, out, whoever else the Falcons decide to throw out there at receiver. No way. It's basically Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson, and Kyle Pitts. And Kyle Pitts, everyone's saying, now's the time he's going to explode. He's 12th in true target value, and that's because he's seen 26 targets. It's not because the targets have been high quality for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has been shit the entire year. So this is going to be all about can Kyle Pitts finally have that massive game? And look, the Jets, uh, excuse me, the Falcons, excuse me, geez, Kyle Pitts, the whole, everyone's saying, you know, if it's not this week, when is it going to be? It's against the Jets, no Ridley or Gage. For that reason alone, I do think you have to start Kyle Pitts if you roster him. 
because he's going to see nine plus targets, in think, my opinion. I think even more. Yeah. So he's just, he should be just all over the field getting targets. Um, so I would start Kyle Pitts for that reason. When Ridley was supposed to play, I wasn't a super big fan of Kyle Pitts this week, but now it's, it's really hard to say don't start Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, I is, will note that he's lined up at wide receiver almost 40% of the time last week. And I know we make fun of everyone saying that he's a secret wide receiver and, and all this, but, it, you know, people were assuming that he's going to just play wide receiver. That that was stupid. But if he's playing 50-50 or 60-40, um, that's something that definitely needs to – I mean, he's going to get a massive amount of targets in this game because there's no other wide receivers, and he's a animal – uh, physically, so he's going to get the targets, no doubt about it. I, I think, I think Kyle Pitts is in for his first big game. I mean, time will tell. But otherwise, I'm only interested in, like Mike Davis. He's getting a ton of work, even though it seems like he's not because Cordell Patterson has just been playing so much better. Um, so I do think he's at least a flex-worthy player, and you could fill him in at RB two this week if you need to, because it's not like he's been pure trash. He's been like flex worthy for the most part in half PPR leagues and PPR leagues. Like he's put up in half PPR, he's put up between nine and 10 every single week. Um, so, I mean, that's flex worthy, I suppose. And it's a, a matchup against the Jets where I know the Jets are getting run on a lot, but they are also getting beat on the ground a bit. So it's a different defense as a, than it was last year, too, right? Like the Jets were great against the run last year, but they change up defenses. They have a new defensive minded head coach. So maybe they are a run on me, but don't pass on me team, which has has worked in modern day NFL. So we'll see how Mike Davis fares, but let's see if he finds an end zone for actually he scored against Washington, but let's see if he's able to find the end zone in back to back weeks. Uh, our, I, I keep wanting to say Jonathan Reese Myers, which is a, who's an actor. But what's what's the uh, what? the defensive lineman on the Jets? He just got a new four year deal. Um, Jonathan. So my I, I I always get confused with Jonathan Reese Myers. This is gonna be this is gonna be bothering me. Um but he yeah, just got I, a I new for you. Uh, you gotta know. You gotta know who I'm talking about. You're honestly confusing me with your Jonathan Reese Myers. I know. But like I'm blanking he has three on names. Yeah. Right now. Jonathan Franklin Myers. John Franklin Myers. He just uh, got a new I'm four year just deal. Gonna... Oh Reese. Reese is uh, close. So you called him and you called him and you called him Jonathan. You were confusing me so isn't it John? Isn't John. it John Franklin Myers? Yeah, but I was saying yeah, someone you're completely saying different. Jonathan Myers. Jonathan, so conf- yeah, Jonathan Reese. Jonathan Reese Myers is the actor. Oh my goodness! Is an actor, <laughs> and for some reason I keep getting his name confused because yo, John Franklin Myers and Jonathan Reese Myers sound mad similar. So I always Let's it's, see Jonathan Reese Myers is. <laughs> you know who he is? He was like he was on the Tudors. Not the Tudors. He was on some kind of like British ass show. On he looks like I was about to say he looks like a British dude with abs. Yeah, he's. Can I just talk about the Falcons assholes? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> just a few things before we go to the Jets. One, I noted Cordero Patterson's extremely efficient play. Mike Davis, if you look at weighted opportunities, which takes opportunities and count, accounts for the fact that targets are worth more than rushes. It's not a perfect stat. I don't love it, but it's it's useful. Um, because I feel like that stat also doesn't take into the consideration the fact that targets aren't always completed. Um. But Mike Davis is ninth in the league in weighted opportunities, and he's been this bad. So fuck that scrub. I'm not starting in against <laughs> Damn, the Jets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I just said he's flex. Like you could stick him in the flex, but I'm not I mean, done, Tim. Jason's coming. Now in Kyle hot. Pitts. Damn. 
Yeah, Jay went in. <laughs> Kyle Pitts is one of three tight ends with tight end two or better finishes every week. Dawson Knox, Darren Waller, Kyle Pitts. The only thing is that Kyle Pitts has three tight end two finishes and only one tight end one. So he's been very slow, but he's also second in tight end red zone targets. So I do think it's a good game for um, Kyle Pitts. And lastly, because this is hilarious. If you look at red zone touchdowns for quarterbacks, Matt Ryan is tied for third with seven red zone touchdowns. Everyone around him, besides Jameis Winston, who had four red zone touchdowns in that first game, are killing it in fantasy. Mahomes, Herbert, Brady, Stafford, Cousins, Allen, Murray, Derek Carr. And then you have the scrub asses, Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan, who suck regardless. I'm glad you're on the Matt Ryan sucks train. Welcome aboard. I mean, at this point, it's pretty clear that he's a... He's pretty trash. He's been this trash for like the last two years. I'm just going to start giving out the do awards. It's just like Julio Jones is so good. Um, Let's go to the other side because the Jets are super interesting to me this week. Uh, Atlanta is 30th in DVOA against the number one wide receiver, and you don't need a a number to know that they've been sucking against wide receivers. I think Corey Davis is a smash play in this this game. I have him him at wide receiver 16, I think, this week. I'm very high on Corey Davis. Um, 28th overall in passing DVOA are the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Jameson Crowder, I think, will get 8 to 10 targets. I think he's he's a good play. I think the Jets... What you saw from them last week it was not an aberration. I think they played three very good defenses to start the year. They they scored two touchdowns on the Panthers, and they got shut down by two excellent coaches against a rookie quarterback. Um, the the Atlanta Falcons do not have that. So I think that they're exploitable, and I think the Jets will exploit them. I think Zach Wilson is in the streaming conversation in two quarterback leagues, I think, um, as well. So I, I'm, I'm high on the Jets in this game against a really bad Falcons defense. You guys have Real to quick, tell the truth. We are we are record I mean, we are recording during the Thursday night football game, so we like to just speak about it every now and then. Um the Seahawks just punted from the Rams forty three on fourth and three. And I really hate that yeah, awful. I really hate Cooper Cup returning punts. I hate it. Why does that happen? But go ahead, Jay. Um, you have to tell the truth since we're on the podcast. Corey Davis against the Falcons in London or Marvin Jones against the Titans. We can't stop a fucking Oof, nose. Movie. That's a hard one. I'm going to go Davis. It's a hard one. Corey I, Davis. I, I could see you going the other way. I'm, I'm high on Jones this week, too. Last week, I went with Marvin, and that was the wrong decision. I still destroyed Michael by 70 <laughs> points anyway. <laughs> so. Hey, Even without CMC. <laughs> Man, um, Jason's, a, Jason's a mean kid. I'm, I'm coming like, in hot. I, 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 led the, I led the league in points 3-0. and I have one bad week, and he's been shitting on me all Guess who has more points than Michael time. now because he destroyed him by 70? <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who has CMC and Camara? Me. All right, but anyway, Corey Davis, Terry McLaurin, Tyreek Hill, Tyler Lockett. The only four wide receivers in the league who have two wide receiver one finishes and two finishes outside the top 36. Very boomer bust so far this year. This is looking like a boom game. Corey Davis is 17th in adjusted air yards, the Brodo exclusive wonderful stat that tells you how many air yards are actually catchable. And that tells me that Corey Davis is seeing better targets from Zach Wilson as the year goes on. He's a very good start this week. The only other receiver I'd consider starting for the Jets is Jamison Crowder. The only other player I'd consider starting is Michael Carter. I don't. Love Michael Carter, whereas Jamison Crowder is a decent PPR play. He's he's like Cole Beasley. The lower, the farther you get away from PPR, the less you want to start him. Yeah, that's true. 
Zach Wilson's going to outscore Justin Fields this week, though, folks. Throwing that out there. Ooh, hot take by Michael. Uh, I I agree with you on Carter. I have Carter in a league, and I am I'm very much considering playing him this week in a in a flex spot that I'm not sure where who I'm playing there yet. So he's in, he's in consideration. Um, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? We can move on. Let's do it. Uh, the Patriots and the Texans are the next game. Oof. I'm going to start like this. Sit your Texans, including Brandon Cooks. I don't want any Texans at all. No, thank you. Am, am I on my own? We are talking about Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. Patriots defense is going to score more than anyone on the Texans. We saw what, <laughs> Yo, I what love that, Bill Belichick did to... Uh, Zach Wilson, um, and Zach Wilson is better than Davis Mills. So if you're starting Brandon Cooks, it is purely out of what he's done so far this season, but I would most definitely be shook about it. There's no way I'm starting Brandon Cooks. There's no no possible way. You can't get me to do it. I mean, no way. no way is a bit much. Some people don't have many options. Bill Belichick's going to put two guys on that guy every single play. Every play. There's no reason not to. All right, no you're way starting, are you starting extreme, Brandon but... Cooks or Sammy Watkins? Okay, fine. I'll start Brandon Cooks over Brandon Sammy Cooks Watkins. Brandon Cooks or Brandon Ayuk? Never Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins is ah. a fucking scrub. That guy is seeing seven or eight targets a game from Lamar Jackson and is doing nothing. Meanwhile, Marquise Brown's lighting the world on nothing. fire. I can't believe he has a job. Sammy Watkins is better as a fucking towel boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jason is Jason's hot angry. Today. Jason is a <laughs> litigation. You know what else fucking sucks, here. boys? Fucking Jacoby Myers, seventh in the league in targets with 41, eighth in the league in receptions. And what does he do with it? He's 34th in yards and has zero touchdowns. That scrub has had 26 targets in the last two weeks. I just wrote sell high. Do it. Sell him high, especially if he has a good game, because this is a game where he could excel. The Houston Texans are awful. So Mac Jones may hit Myers a lot. But not only is a Mac Jones target not very valuable according to true throw value, Jacoby Myers, it just doesn't do much with them. How are you going to be eighth in the league in receptions with 34th in yards and have zero touchdowns? He's a poor man's Cole Beasley with a worse quarterback. If you want yeah. to start Jacoby Myers as a wide receiver three flex this week against Houston, only in PPR, and after that, trade him. I trade think him Col- to someone who doesn't know better. I think poor man's Cole Beasley is not getting, giving enough credit to Cole Beasley. <laughs> Seriously, I think Kobe is way better than Jacoby Myers. I'm with uh, I'm with Jason though. Like, I mean, with that being said, against the Houston Texans is not a bad spot to use Jacoby Myers in Thanks. your wide receiver three or flex spot if you need to, because he can have another eight catch, ninety eight yard game, even if he is quote unquote allergic to the end zone, as we like to so kindly put it. Um, so I do think at least this is a decent matchup for him. But at this point, he's the only wide receiver you could semi trust. Nelson Aguilar seems to have fallen out of favor. Kendrick Bourne out of nowhere. Looks like he's a part of that offense, but I'd like to see more of that before I trust Kendrick Bourne. Um, so, yeah, basically really. And Hunter Henry is the one that's most intriguing to me because the Texans have been really bad against tight end and Dawson Knox last week. I like Dawson Knox as a streamer, but I yelled at everyone, like think of something original because everyone had the same exact take about Dawson Knox. Everyone was right. He went six for 54 <laughs> and two touchdowns. <laughs> the previous weeks, Houston allowed seven for 70 and a touchdown to 
the tight end, 11 for 107 and three for 53. Hunter Henry is running almost twice as many routes as Johnny Smith at this point. He's playing more snaps. Hunter Henry's a, a pretty strong tight end start this week, I think. Interesting. I wouldn't start Hunter Henry myself. I just I just don't know what's going on with those two. I think I bet you guys that one of these tight ends would end up in the top 10 tight ends. Uh, that's a terrible bet. I'm going to lose that one. Um, I loved it. You bet both of them would be like top 15 or some shit, and I called you an idiot. I said both of them are going to suck the entire season. All right. Well, you were right. What, could I say? what happens when you trust the Patriots offense without Tom Brady? Uh, here's don't one start thing. a running back in this game. Oh, unless... you said what? Bro, I am... Unless... It's Damian Harris Thank in you. a half PPR or lower league. Because I still don't even want to start him in full PPR. That's wild. What did he do against the Jets? He's 70 yards and a touchdown. He's Big deal. 1,000. You're basically starting fucking John Kuhn. He, no way. You, seven, just, what are you talking you're about? You're hoping he scores a touchdown against the Texans. That's literally it. He did run some receiving routes, but it seems to be Brandon Bolden as the receiving back now with James White uh, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, over the last two weeks, Damian Harris, who's supposed to be the ground and pound guy who had 39 rush attempts through the first two weeks, had 10 rush attempts for 10 yards through the last two weeks. That's like, come on, dude. Like, I didn't like Damian Harris at all this season for fantasy, but back-to-back weeks with 2.1 and 3.6 half PPR fantasy points is just next level bad. And I understand the appeal here against Houston. It's a get-right game, but... It's like, I think this is a huge sell high opportunity for Harris if he has a big game here against Houston. But it is it is a little hard not to play him in a game where the Patriots should be controlling the clock. You want to hear that? You want to hear the twins call me an idiot in unison? I have Damian Williams. Are you going to say he's going to be an RB1 or something? I have Damian Williams, the RB12 right now. I just I just think that he's going to score like multiple touchdowns against the. That is annoying. Yo, could I? Can, All right, Houston. I, I smell a bet. Houston secondary has not been terrible. I know it's because teams have been running. I all smell over a them, bet, but that's going to continue happening. What number do you want? Fifteen. What number do you want, Tim? Top fifteen. Done. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> all right. This yeah. Down. All right. Can we? I, I'll give you double the bets, so you guys win two bets, or I win two bets, or I win four bets. We don't do that. Yeah, yeah, you keep trying to do that, you dumb fuck. Why not? Who who makes the rules? You act like there's some there's some rule maker. It's just us talking. It has to be unanimous. I say no. There you go. <laughs> Why Shut is that? Up. No. You just made up a rule that has to be unanimous. Who Don't, who made that rule? Too. <laughs> to Jiminy, so? a cricket is our official rule maker. And to Jiminy said no, you can't do that. To Jiminy, to Jiminy says suck me. That's what to Jiminy says. All right. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, let's, let's get into the next game, the Lions and the Vikings. This one is going to be, I think, a fantasy extravaganza. A doozy. Uh, the Lions defense is that defense this year where get ready to play all your players. Um, Dalvin Cook said that he's not 100%. I still think he's going to be a top five running back. I think there's room for Dalvin Cook to not be at 100% and still score two touchdowns in this game and still get a bunch of receiving yards. I still that's, I think that's possible. Jay Jeff is my wide receiver two overall. Adam Thielen, I have at wide receiver 16. I have Conklin at tight end nine, and I have Cousins at QB 10. So that should show you how I love everyone across the board for the, the Vikings. I think they're, they all have uh, they all have touchdown potential, and they could all have big games even without a touchdown. How are you guys feeling with them? 
Bro, Justin Jefferson is so damn good. He's really third is. in true target value. He just puts up numbers week after week after week. Um, he's a lock and loaded top three receiver at this point, in my opinion. Um, that's where I have him ranked. Like you said, this is a huge matchup to exploit. I think Kirk Cousins bounces back after that atrocious performance last week. He had a very hot start to the season prior to that. This is a really good spot for Adam Thielen to bounce back a bit. Whoever's at running back should have a nice game. We ha- we do have to note that Dalvin Cook has missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. He said he wants to play through the injury, but never a good thing missing back-to-back practices to start. Um, I mean, on a Wednesday and a Thursday. Alexander Madison becomes a shoe-in RB1 if Dalvin Cook were to miss the game just like he was last time Dalvin Cook missed the game in week three. So keep Madison in the back of your mind. I will note... Adam Thielen, who we didn't talk about, you guys talk about Jefferson, is sixth in true target value because the truth to throw Prince, um, the truth or value Prince, Kirk Cousins is killing it this year. Great stat from our own um, Matt Ward. If you write his uh, weekly weigh-in, if you didn't, you should because he wrote a novel recapping everything that <laughs> Yo, happened in week four. It was, I, I haven't even got through the whole thing yet. I haven't like... Listen, I'll... I haven't had I'll a chance. The people. It, was, it was. It's crazy. It was it's so long. I love worth it. of fucking word doc. It was. It was great. And a gem in there is that. And I even checked the game logs to check on the Broto app, cheap plug, because I didn't even believe it. Adam Thielen has scored less than ten fantasy points in all games where he's failed to find the end zone in thirty-four straight weeks. In thirty-four straight games, the thing is though that he just scores touchdowns like a madman. Yeah, it's true. He's still putting up wide receiver one numbers, even if so. And against the Lions, he's probably going to score a touchdown. Thielen scoring a touchdown is probably like minus 200. <laughs> Check a sports book. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like minus, honestly. Probably like plus 150. Spot. Like they're not just throwing away money. Also, yeah. I want to note, um, it's not just those two guys. KJ Osborne's been decent. I'm not starting him. But Tyler Conklin was on the field for 85% of the Vikings snaps in week four. And he received six targets. He's top 10 in true target value for tight ends. The water is a brewing for Tyler Conklin to give you a nice cup of Java soon. So uh, <laughs> I'm, I don't even understand. I don't get it. End, <laughs> yeah. I don't either. Uh, yeah. Brewing if coffee need, over here. If you need to stream a tight end this week, Conklin's a favorite choice of mine. Let me just add, as you can see, we are citing true values a lot more than we have in weeks past. That's because it is now week five, and that's typically when it starts to become uh, something you could trust um, around week four to five. So if you don't know what true values are, you could also check the site. There's a glossary and everything like that, and you could look at the list. So, yeah, check that out if you have not yet. And on the app, Or if you are unfamiliar with true values. The fantasy football web, Roto. True, true values uh, in the three years now that it's existed – has uh, definitely shown its worth. Uh, people who, uh, the countless numbers of people who were like, thank you so much for Ryan Tannehill, who ended up being the QB2 on, after like week three last year. Uh, they, everyone who was like, thank you so much for, for Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I won a championship. Uh, that's what true throw values does, baby. Um, you guys want to get into this next, or are we uh, going to the next game? Oh, the Lions. The Lions play. Lions. Um, so, oh, wait. Uh, we, we noted that Dalvin Cook is yep. going to play is, through injury, most likely. Yes. If not, smash Madison. We can go to the Lions. Do you think Madison has any standalone value since since Cook will be, you know, hobbled? 
Uh, desperation. That's a flex play. Yeah, but I'm not counting on it. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, Minnesota. <laughs> Russell what? Wilson just pointed for a first down, and Alex Collins was two yards short. Right? Yeah, it was. It was not even close. Um, Minnesota is 27th in DVOA against the tight end. It's time for a TJ Hawkinson bounce back to glory. Uh, I'm feeling a, a, a nice game coming from TJ Hawkinson. How do you guys feel until, about, about White Waller? Until Hawk has a good game again, I'm just going to keep bringing up the fact that I said, are you not a little scared that he had his that he put his first <laughs> I'm still, two games, his best two games behind him? I'm still not scared. <laughs> I'm still not scared. Yeah, I mean... It's been rough, obviously, a little bit for Hawk over these last couple of weeks. Last week, four for 42 isn't atrocious, but it's also not what you want. So um, this is a get-right game for sure against Minnesota in what should be a negative game script where the Lions have to pass a lot because I do believe Minnesota is a formidable team and better than the Detroit Lions. So, yeah, if you have Hawkinson, you're definitely starting him in this game, and you're hoping he looks... He resembles more of his week one, week two self than he does the previous two weeks. Um, if you're going to start a wide receiver, I guess Khalif Raymond is your best bet, but I'd stay away from the wide receivers. I think that's definitely something to obviously consider. The Vikings are 23rd against uh, in rush DVOA. Uh, the Vikings have given up four rushing TDs so far. Uh, in And Jamal... Williams, I think, finds the end zone. I think that Jamal Williams is a good play in this game. I'm comfortable starting both uh, running backs in this game, and I think you, you know we're looking at DeAndre Swift RB one game in my opinion. How do you guys feel about it, bro? The Seahawks went for it on fourth and two at the thirty and handed the ball off to Alex Collins on a fourth and two when they have Russell Wilson at quarterback. Obviously, we're after all, punting from the forty three. We're obviously all on different. Uh, time schedules here because i saw that like a minute and a half ago i yeah i'd I like to you, know i was listening to you speak tim <laughs> on the topic of the lions as no one cares about our internet issues <laughs> deandre swift the world seems to think that he's a top five running back from here on out i just want to caution against that like maybe top, you guys don't agree with me but top five is a little much like people are treating him as like a top 10 running back okay like i get that He's been playing well, but he has two games outside the top 20, which I know top 20 is a low threshold. But he was running back 4, 21, 5, and 37. That's pretty full good. PPR. 4, he's 5, 21, around, I'm taking those. After the 11 targets in week one, he's seeing on average six targets a game. He's seeing on average 12 rushes a game. So 18 looks is good. 18 opportunities is great. But the Lions are on a great offense. In games where they might actually compete, DeAndre Swift doesn't see as many touches. Against the Bears, he only had eight rushes. Like I just I just want to caution against DeAndre Swift a little bit because I feel like people are throwing him into like the Aaron Jones echelon. And I just hold on. We okay. haven't we haven't seen enough. It's still the Lions offense. That's fair. That's fair. What do you guys what do you guys think about Jamal Williams this week? You know, I'm never a big Jamal Williams guy. It's a bad offense. And he plays 30 to 50% of snaps weekly on a bad offense. And the targets have dissipated from week one. He now has five of the last three weeks combined. Like, I don't understand the appeal by Jamal, for Jamal Williams. Week one was nice, but clearly that was not 
what you can expect going forward when it comes to pass catching. And he had 14 touches last week. That's something. They're running the hot hand a bit. Yeah, 14 for 66 on the ground, though. Like, that's effective running, and he still ended with just six and a half half EPR fantasy points because he's on a bad team. Like, yeah. he needs to find the he's – a, he's a touchdown-dependent option. Sure, this is a decent matchup to find the end zone, but I'm never going to like Jamal Williams as anything more than, like, a middling flex play. Uh, okay. I mean, that's fair. He's he's a flex play with a high upside. I agree. Um, anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I uh, just want to touch on the receivers because you did say Khalif Raymond, if you want to trust anyone. Khalif Raymond had a decent game last week. And still, like, who, if you would have started him, would you have been super happy about it? Like, no, not really. So it's just like, what's the point of starting a Detroit Lions wide receiver at this moment? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, let's go over to the next game. It is the Eagles. It is the Panthers. Uh, if I were to, I, I know you guys know the answer to this, but if I were to ask you who's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns, and we're about to talk about the Eagles and the Panthers, you'd assume I was going to say CMC. You'd assume I was going to say Miles Sanders. You wouldn't assume I was going to say Sam Darnold, but here we are. <laughs> Sam Darnold has seven, I mean, five rushing touchdowns. Um, yep. They love calling that play in the end zone for him. The Panthers have been a good offense. DJ Moore has been absolutely unstoppable. So I'm comfortable starting Sam Darnold. I'm comfortable. If if, if Sam Darnold, if you were streaming and Sam Darnold is a kind of a guy who's found his way to your team and you want to continue to start him, I have no problem starting him in this game and against a bad Eagles defense. And DJ Moore is phenomenal. You love DJ Moore in this game. How do you guys? How do you feel about this? Uh, this stack. Yeah, you're it's definitely starting clear. DJ Moore. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah, I was just saying it's becoming clear that Matt Rule does want to use Sam Donald as a rusher. Like it wasn't just last week. I mean, last week was only week four, and when they were at the five yard line, me and Michael turned to each other and were like, "Zone read, Sam Donald's running, get in," and we were right. Like that's exactly what happened. So. It's not just a coincidence that we said that we've watched Panthers game and Panthers games and Matt rules using Sam Darnold that way. Five touchdowns in four games isn't going to keep up, but it's something to note. And it's very on the topic of because Sam Darnold is sixth in the league in passing yards right now and first in uh, rushing touchdowns. So he's been hot to start the year and the Eagles. I think he's again in the streaming category. The Eagles don't have the best defense, but DJ Moore, you start that stud. Every week, DJ Moore is just super talented. If he scored three more touchdowns last year, he would have been in like the second round, maybe first round conversation. Honestly, yeah, this guy puts up at least 1300 yards every year, but there's just a stigma that he doesn't catch touchdowns. And it's not a stigma, touchdowns it's, now. it's not a stigma, it's the yeah. Team. I mean, it hasn't been a stigma, it's been factual, but yeah, it's been facts, not yeah, something you can always... really trust. Yeah, touchdowns aren't sticky, they're not toughy, toughy, sticky. That was a terrible joke. I I, I didn't even. Yeah. It, it took me a while. I love toffee. All right. On that note, though, before not counting this Rams game that's going on right now, only two receivers have had three wide receiver one or better finishes this season. Everyone's talking about Mr. Cooper Cup. The other guy is DJ Moore. Hey, oh. He's a yeah, we're he's one a star. Yeah, we're he's one. what I he's doing this year. What I thought he'd do last year because now the Panthers aren't stupid and you see how much better. Um, they are with DJ Moore doing what Robbie Anderson was asked to do last year. 
At this point, are you dropping Robbie Anderson from your teams? I mean, he had like 10 plus targets last week. I think it was 11 targets. And he likely spent a high draft capital on him. And he is on the field a lot. I'd probably hold out hope another week or two and see if anything changes, but definitely not promising overall. But the fact that he got 11 targets last week does does make it seem like maybe they're going to try to get him involved a little more. Um, definitely was more involved than like Terrace Marshall, say. But if CMC returns, then that would be interesting to see if that affects um, the pass catchers as well. So I wouldn't want to start Robbie Anderson this week. I have him in like my wide receiver 40-ish area, um, like a flex play at best. I wouldn't want to start him, though. Like there's no way I'm happily saying, yeah, I'm starting Robbie Anderson. Actually, I'm at wide receiver 49. Chuba Hubbard, uh, if you got him and you spent all that fab up on him, you probably had CMC on your roster, uh, and you were disappointed, obviously, on, on his outcomes. So, this is a better matchup on paper. Um, how are we feeling about Chuba in this game? Is Chuba going to play is the question. True. CMC now two limited practices in a row. He wasn't Oof. put on the IR for a reason. I, and missed, if you that, remember, I missed that he had, he had practice again today. I missed that. That's yes, big. again, a limited practice. Holy schmoly. And you got to remember, he was injured on a Thursday. On so a this Thursday. Isn't a typical, this isn't a typical <laughs> two-week absence. Like, a two-week absence would mean two weeks from Thursday, two weeks from today. So if they expect him to be back within three weeks, well, then that makes sense because then it's two and a half weeks on Sunday. Hashtag maths. <laughs> Quick so, maths. <laughs> if CMC plays, you're firing up super happy. And then Hell if yeah. Chuba plays, I'm I'm throwing him out there as well. I know Rodney Smith was involved a little bit, but he's still going to be the main back for the Panthers. And they've been scoring a lot. The Eagles will probably also put up points in this game. So I expect it to be a decently high scoring affair, even though the Panthers defense has been good. So I'm starting Chuba if he's playing. man. I, I think you have to. I'll note that. DJ Moore lined up out of the backfield a lot and ran out and ran a lot of CMC's routes and fucking killed it like that. I don't know why more teams don't do that. It was beautiful. Uh, Jason, you are on a roll today, kid. You like even even the the stuff that you like li- love and call beautiful. You it sounds like you're angry at it. <laughs> so damn beautiful, <laughs> just so fucking beautiful. Um, just want to watch it all day, <laughs> Jason. All speaking day. of speaking of beautiful, your favorite, uh, your favorite guy, Mister Jalen Hurts, takes on a Pan- Panthers team that has been good this year. With that being said, how are you feeling about Mister Jalen Hurts? I'm starting him happily. I know the Panthers' defense has been good, but there are two quarterbacks with four. Quarterback one performances this season. Their names are Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has a super has a super high passing floor at the moment. He he got most of his points passing last week, and he hasn't reached his rushing floor yet. Well, that doesn't really sound right because a floor should be, but you know what I mean. Like he hasn't reached his rushing potential. He's been a quarterback one without rushing much. So I'm throwing Jalen Hurts out as much as I can because if the Panthers' defense is better in the secondary, then Hurts could always just use his legs more and surprise the team that way. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is someone who is a quandary to me. Um, he's playing well. He's just not getting the opportunities. 
it's going to be hard for me to continue being on the Miles Sanders train if this keeps happening. How are you feeling about Miles Sanders in this matchup? Right now, I have him ranked as a low-end RB2. I have him at RB23, but I'm feeling like I'm probably going to drop him down. Yeah, the Carolina Panthers have been were tremendous against the run for the first three weeks of the year. And then they allowed 210 rushing yards to Zeke and Pollard combined last week, which makes you question how effective they actually are or are going to be um, against the run. But yeah, Miles Sanders, there's literally nothing positive you could say about Miles Sanders at this point. Kenny Gainwell has decided, well, they've decided he's going to be the pass catching back and he, when he's on the field, it's not like he steps off in clear running situations either. Like he took a, Red zone touchdown away from Miles Sanders. It's ugly. And like Sanders has nine rush attempts over the past two games and six receptions. That's 15 touches over two weeks for Miles Sanders. He has now not surpassed seven half EPR fantasy points for three straight weeks. It's basically like he's an early down back on a team that doesn't want to run. They are passing a shit ton. Um, And likes the backup running back more, it seems, in pass-catching situations and in hurry-up situations. So it's really nothing positive you could say for Miles Sanders because he just he needs to break one in order to not have an awful day. Man, you're getting... Sanders has one running back to finish this season and three outside of the top 36. Honestly, perhaps next week, Kenneth Gainwell might be the better player. Oof. While Sanders has been getting less and work, less work, Kenneth Gainwell's targets are going up every week. And if the Eagles decide that they're a 70% pass team, basically adopting the Bills offense, which is very effective, then so be it. Gainwell will be the better choice. Man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to jump to that conclusion yet, but we'll see. We'll see in a matchup here against the Panthers where the Eagles could have a shot um, how it goes in that backfield because... They've Devontae also been Smith, trailing early and often. I was going to bring up Devontae, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith is 16th in adjusted air yards. And he's performed well in two of the four games. You expect rookies to have lesser games. But I'm not I'm not shying away from him here. Like, I still, if you have him as your wide receiver three, I think you can fire him up, even though it's a tough matchup. I agree. Yeah, Devontae Smith is an interesting one, too, because he's he's also shown that up and down. Um, nature so far in his young career. So it's, I don't know, it's a little hard for me to trust Devontae Smith as anything more than like a volatile wide receiver three at the moment. But if you do put him in your lineup, I don't hate it. Just know that there's a significantly low floor as you've shown twice. I mean, half of his games have been under five fantasy points. There's no Carolina Panthers cornerback that makes you scared. But their defense has also been playing uh, very well, right? Like they're, they're top eight in the league so far in, in points allowed to fantasy wide receivers. So not a tremendous matchup, but still one that Devontae Smith, maybe he gets behind the defense. We, we've yet to really see Devontae Smith just burn a defense. I'm waiting for one of those to happen. It'll happen eventually. I feel like, yeah. um, Dallas Goddard has been a playable asset the last couple weeks. Um, scored a touchdown again. He's touchdown dependent, but so is every tight end. And, yeah, he yeah. splits time with, with Zach Ertz, uh, but he's the main guy. 
uh, and he gets the the goal line looks. Uh, even though Zach Ertz got a got a goal line work, look as well last week. Zach Ertz dropped a touchdown. He did. I, I'm not. I'm not super excited about starting starting Dallas Goddard, but at the same time, like if you have him, you're starting him. Yeah, I mean, I'm never super excited about starting Dallas Goddard. Like you said, he needs a he needs a touchdown. Otherwise, like he's not going to catch more than five balls. He's not going to surpass 60, 70 yards more than likely. Like you just he needs to find the end zone to end as the tight end eight. Like that's I'm that's about it for Dallas Goddard. Right now, the top tight ends and touchdowns. Knox, Gronk, Schultz, Kelsey, Thomas, Goddard, Fant, Hawkinson, Waller. Like that, that's what you need as a yeah. tight end to score yeah. a touchdown. That's that's the and top. Goddard is getting red zone targets right now, and he has chances at touchdowns. So keep rolling him out there. Uh, as they say, a bada bing, a bada boom. Uh, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? <clears throat> I'm not starting. No. Quez or Rager? No. Jalen Rager just got one target in a game where it hurts through a million times. Yeah. He's clearly out of favor. He's a special player. He's a guy that you're going to be like, ah, he caught a you know, 55-yard touchdown. I should have started him. Uh, but, but to think he was drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson. Oof. Uh, to think Henry Ruggs, who was having an okay year, but was drafted in front of all these guys, is, is something that still boggles my I mind. I mean, Henry Ruggs is at least coming into his own a bit in year two. Jalen Rager clearly is not. The I mean, the Titans at the Jaguars is the next game. A.J. Brown had practiced. Looks like A.J. Brown is going to play. He's been upgraded from questionable. Looks like he's playing. Uh, that's a big, 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 big upgrade for not only A.J. Brown, but also Ryan Tannehill. All of a sudden, Ryan Tannehill looks like a very juicy matchup against the Jaguars, and so does A.J. Brown, who I automatically slotted, it, slotted in as my wide receiver eight. I have no qualms about playing him when he comes back. How you guys feeling about this duo? Bar qualms yeah it's good to see it's good to see aj brown on the field julio jones Practice. will probably not be so lucky um but it's Tannehill against the jaguars so there's always that chance that you you can start him and he'll play off i have him as a streaming option this week because julio jones is out and this might just be a derrick henry game like the jaguars are really really bad like, they're just a bad team in general, and now they're dealing with all this Urban Meyer shit. Like, the team today um, broke their huddle with grind. Probably, like, as a joke towards Urban Meyer, who is that, video is that serious? That really grinded happened? Grinded on by a girl. Yes, they broke. And then he, that like, is, groped her ass or whatever that happened. Is like, they broke the huddle with grind. So, like, they're making fun of their coach, and they're already a bad team. So, like, that Tannehill could put up 40, but he could also put up 10, and Derrick Henry could put up 40. I don't know. The Titans are also coming off a loss to the Jets. I think they come out fucking pissed off Guns and blazing. put up a whole lot of points. Facts. Yeah. I'm in, starting in division, AJ Brown. In division, too. In division. Yeah. This is not a game where you're you're letting your division mates off off the hook. People are like, do I start AJ Brown if he plays? Absolutely. He's playing against the Jaguars. Yes. Like, he's played through injury in the past. I know it's, like, a fucked-up situation, but clearly, clearly you play the damn guy if he's healthy and active against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know what's interesting? Um, like, Arthur Smith did leave this year, so it's a slightly different offense. 
Ryan Tannehill, the last three years, two years, averaged three and four targets per game to the running back. Another stat you could find on the Broto app. This year, it's nine. Fourth highest in the NFL. Uh, but that's why we've seen Derrick Henry more involved. Last week, Jeremy McNichols had 12 targets. So I expect that number to go down with the return of the wide receivers. I just think it's interesting to note. Let me also add that the Jaguars have allowed five 100-yard receiving performances this year through four weeks. So even better for A.J. Brown. If A.J. Brown doesn't play, Josh Reynolds is interesting. He's he, going to uh, play. He's going to play. Yeah. But e- either way, I think Josh Reynolds has some uh, some sneaky flex play in, like, deep leagues. I was going to say Nick Westbrook-Akine. No, nah, Josh Reynolds took over um, as the main guy this past week, which I thought made sense. Um, it does make sense. injuries but... and such. But, I mean, he's clearly the best receiving option on that team. True, true. Um, just, just to put it out there, though, like, when Julio went out, it was Westbrook. So maybe it's that situation again. There is something. So just don't play any of the second tier Titans wide receivers. Um, Derrick Henry's my RB1. Like, there's not really much else, you know, to say about that. Um, let's talk about the other team, the Jaguars, because the Titans defense has been absolutely horrid, horrendous. Actually, we forgot one thing about the Titans. Anthony Ferkser, I know last week I, I thought he was a sleeper and he shit the bed. Are you, are you playing him this week? No, I'm not playing Anthony Ferguson. Yeah, can't play yeah. Ferguson. I don't care how bad the Jaguars have been against the tight end. He's there's literally nothing you could base a base that off of. Like starting Anthony Ferguson just doesn't make any logical sense at the moment. <laughs> okay, Michael. Um, in case you're wondering how Michael felt, uh, Michael never, never one to hide his feelings. That's for sure. Um, all right, let's go to the Jaguars then, because Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback, just lit up the Jag, uh, just uh, lit up the Titans. The Titans' defense has been horrible. I think that Marvin Jones is a player that I am high on in this game and I think has the potential to have a boom game. What do you guys yeah. think? Yeah, sorry. I think Same he can here, Tim. Back. Same here, and I'm conflicted. Uh, but Marvin Jones is a great start this week. Like, even in leagues where you just start two wide receivers, I think he's in the wide receiver two conversation. He's not just a wide receiver three. Even though he only had three targets last week, he caught all three, which is... A surprise because Lawrence hasn't been super efficient. So I'm not too concerned. DJ Chark is out. So Marvin Jones is going to see his. He got he had way more targets in the first three weeks. And the Titans can't stop a nosebleed. So I'm I'm loving Marvin Jones this week. Got to love yeah, LaVisca as well, right? Top Chanel's five also matchup. A good play. Yeah. yeah, it's a top five matchup for the Jacksonville wide receivers. Um, LaVisca Chenault, we obviously were not fans of his. Um, earlier and in the season and preseason. But then DJ Chark went down. He went on IR and LaVisca Chenault's role changed. Right? He became a downfield threat compared to what he was. His average depth of target like tripled, I think. And he went seven for 99, excuse me, six for 99 um, against Cincinnati on last Thursday. And they said they want to get him more involved as well. So, I mean, if he's going to be getting more downfield routes against a team that struggles against opposing wide receivers, sign me up, right? Like, I think he's a a very solid wide receiver three flex play this week. It's pretty crazy what a, what an injury can do. Facts. Um, yeah, I think, I think when you're talking about the wide receivers, I think that's where it ends. But it begins again with the running backs. 
James Robinson. Bro, I thought you were going to say the tight end and talk about Dan Arnold. I was about to punch <laughs> you in the face. I think Dan Arnold could have some sneaky potential in this game. Why not? No. The tight ends have been locked down against tight ends, and Dan Arnold has been on the team for one week. No, thank you. Pissing me off, too. He's projected, like, off. nine points on Sleeper. I'm just putting that out there. Like, I was, I, he's on one of my dynasty teams, and I was, I, I'm weak at tight end because Irv Smith got hurt. So I'm, I'm looking for which tight end I want to start. And I know that it's stupid to think he's going to get nine points, but then I'm like, oh, you know, it says nine right there next to his name. Those projected points next to names, sometimes they, they, they kill you. Sometimes they're like, oh, man, I, I'm, so could, I'm so certain about something, but then, like, why is this number here then? Anyway, and they mean nothing. They, they mean absolutely nothing, but the, still, psychologically, they, they, mean, they mean a little bit. You can't, they can't mean absolutely Warfare. nothing. Uh, touchdown, DK Metcalf. Boom. That's for the first touchdown of the game. Um, that was Damn, a, that was a dime. Out. Absolute oh, dime. How are you guys? Out. What are you guys oh, no, talking about? Yeah, oh, you... pass interference to Lockett 50 yards down the field. and then it Damn, it. I have so much Lockett. That's super lame. Yo, Lockett, I don't know if you saw, but Lockett almost caught that on the ground. Like, he, he was getting tackled and still almost caught it. That would have been yeah, something. Yeah. Um, cool play. James Robinson. Tim, let's, uh, let's, let's not throw out spoilers, all right? Oh, okay, I got you. James right. Robinson, though. What? <laughs> the last two weeks, right back to the James Robinson we saw last last week. But last, I mean, last year. But Carlos Hyde wasn't in last week. Carlos Hyde is back. What is the fate of James Robinson? I don't James know if Robinson, that Carlos Hyde is back. Yeah, James Robinson is is the guy again. Done and done. Like it's been two weeks two now. Weeks, yeah, two weeks ago, Carlos Hyde was active and it didn't matter. Like clearly, it's back to being just James Robinson's sole backfield, and I mean he's gonna take advantage of it, and you have to start him. Period. Like it's week one and even week two are in the rear view, right? Like over the last two weeks, this guy's thirty-three rush attempts, over one hundred fifty rushing yards, and seven receptions. Like this is his backfield once again. To just do whatever he wants. He's the goal line back. Like he's just gonna get a ton of work. And uh it's gonna be the James Robinson of last year. When you get 20 plus touches as the running back, like volume efficiency matters less for running backs than it does for wide receivers when it comes to volume. Like you could overcome efficiency when you just get a shitload of volume, and James Robinson's just gonna keep getting volume upon volume upon volume, which makes him a a weekly RV two play, period. And a match, it's not like the matchup against the Titans is a tough one either. Like it's a it's a decent matchup. So James Robinson should have a good game. Agreed. No reason to think otherwise. Um last game on the docket, the Dolphins at the Buccaneers. I'm gonna say this one thing. I love Tom Brady this week. He's been making a career out of demolishing the Buccan I mean the Dolphins. The Dolphins uh defense has been surprisingly horrible this year because you saw a good defense last year and they basically have the same personnel, but they've been just awful, uh, which is unfortunate, particularly against the running backs. Last week, Leonard Fournette monopolized his backfield, which of course you want to trust, but it's still Bruce Arians. For me, I'm going to assume that Leonard Fournette is the running back against the Dolphins. And I'm going to see that the Dolphins have been absolutely torched by running backs all year. If so facto, up so down sco right sco left sco i have leonard fournette 
as a mid-range RB2. I have him at RB17, and if I have him, I'm really excited about playing him. How do you guys feel? I agree. Well, at this point, you have to start Leonard Fournette. I have him at running back 15. He's the lead back on a Tom Brady-led team going up against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, give me that. Uh, it's basically it. Rojo has not really been a part of the team for a few weeks now. Fournette performed well last week. Fire him up, man. You're yeah, you're firing I'll, up all your all your Buccaneers in this game. I'm all aboard the Fournette train. Uh, yeah. Michael, are you um the Mike? Because go ahead, Michael. You're the you're the infamous Antonio Brown. Um. <laughs> downer on this pod so are you starting antonio brown this week yeah against miami um it's hard not to start antonio brown as a wide receiver three with upside especially when um you got Xavier howard and byron jones on the outside and antonio brown mixes it and goes into the slot and he moves around and like no gronk right like this guy just saw 11 targets last week against new england I'm not a huge Antonio Brown guy, but you don't sit him against Miami. Um, I'm, I'm going to start Antonio Brown. I'm starting Mike Evans, who's been great outside of week one um, and is becoming more consistent than he's been in the past as well. And I think Chris Godwin bounces back as well. I think it's a big game, big overall bounce back game from Tampa Bay. I think they get back to their high scoring ways. Um, they've scored, they scored 29, excuse me, 30. Well, 31 against Dallas, 48 against Atlanta, 24 against the Rams, and then only 19 against New England. I think they put up 30-plus again here against Miami and have quite an offensive day. Uh, so I think you want a piece of that offense. Even Cameron Brait. Um, Cameron Brait, people are acting like he's not the pass-catching tight end on that team. Like I tweeted about it earlier. Chris Godwin had a bad game last week. Does that mean you're going to sit him this week? Like, Tom Brady didn't even throw a single touchdown last week, and that whole offense had a bad week. And Cameron Bray still saw six targets. He only went two for 29, yeah, but he got a red zone look. He was clearly the pass-catching tight end, and Tom Brady clearly likes to throw to the tight end. Gronk was a top-two overall tight end before he got hurt. So I'm starting Cameron Bray happily. I haven't ranked as my tight end 11. Consensus is under tight end 20. It's wild. How is yeah, that the consensus? The consensus was a hot, was terrible this recency week. Recency bias, dude. The, the I I started my rankings on Wednesday, and I started with the I always start with the ERC, uh, ECR, excuse me, and it was it was horrible this week. I I reconfigured the whole fucking thing, the whole thing. Um, speaking about reconfiguring, I Michael Jason just texted me. I forgot the Saints at Washington, so we're not done with the docket yet. We have one last game to talk about. Um, after Dolphins Buccaneers, but the Buccaneers you want pieces of. Let's go over to the the Dolphins. I think Jalen Waddle could be a sneaky play in this game. I think that the Buccaneers have been horrible against the pass, and they're gonna pass a lot. Jacoby Brissett is averaging almost forty passes a game. They're gonna pass a lot. They're trying to get Jalen Waddle the ball. I think Waddle is a, is a great play. Uh, Kyle, uh, the DFS shorts by Kyle McKee, uh, he mentions that you know they obviously are trying to get him. The ball, it's 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 clear. Now, the targets themselves are not worth much because they're short targets, and he's they're, they're more gadget plays. 
But if he's going to keep getting opportunities against a bad Bucks defense, I think he's playable. I think maybe Devontae Parker might be playable, but he's a he's touchdown dependent. You can't touch any of these running backs. So besides those two who I'm kind of excited about, okay. I think the guy who I'm I'm really looking at in this game is Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki has lined up as a wide receiver 94% of the time this year. He's basically a wide receiver. He's basically a slot wide receiver right now. So you get a kind of a cheat code of putting a, a wide receiver against a bad offense. I mean, a bad pass defense. Um, oh, shit. Jason Higby just got hurt. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you, you got a you got a pass. You got a bad pass defense and a, a wide receiver. You're playing in the tight end spot. Um, I think that's a big advantage. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about playing Gasicki if I have him this week. Uh, how do you guys look at this Dolphins team? Yeah. I want to make a note on Devontae Parker, who you didn't talk much about. He's 14th on the team in adjusted air yards. Top of the team in all of the receiving 14th categories. in the league? You said 14th on the team. In the league, yes. Devontae Parker has been a sneaky, um, very involved player for the Dolphins. Brissett's throwing the ball 50 fucking times a game. And he's going to have to against the Bucks as well. So I agree that Parker and Waddle both have wide receiver three flex upside. And Gasicki, at this point, Gasicki's a must-start at tight end because once Brissett took over, Gasicki has been a stud, and you can't not start him. In his two, in his last two games with Jacoby Brissett, he went ten for eighty-six and five for fifty-seven in a touchdown. So start him happily. Michael, any thoughts? I agree. Um, Gasicki is a good play here. Parker, like Jason said, he's. Um, getting passes, um, deep passes as well. And he's capitalized a bit. Like he hasn't been a bad play even in his rougher games as a wide receiver three flex play. So I do think this is a good spot for him too because Tampa Bay has been atrocious against the pass. This is basically the best matchup you could get so far this season is wide receiver against Tampa Bay. So I think Devontae Parker, and like you pointed out to him, Jalen Waddle in PPR leagues has some um some nice upside as well. So the pass catchers I'm cool with, but man, oh man, just stay away from that backfield. Miles Gassing had two rush attempts last week. Malcolm Brown got a bunch of work. Salvin Ahmed mixed in. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have the best run defense in the league over the course of the last several seasons. It's It would be a joke to start any Miami Dolphins running back at this point. Um, let's yeah, go on. That shit oh, got ugly quick. I just, it's fucking, that backfield is disgusting. Malcolm Brown is now the lead back, apparently. I want nothing to do with it. I'm sorry, but I called this on Miles Gaskin. Like, I, I told you that Miles Gaskin would not be the starter by, by this time. Like, there was just, he's a seventh round pick. Like, he's, he, he just wasn't. I mean, even me and Michael never gonna last. didn't fully agree with that. We also didn't like drafting Gaskin where he was going. In the so-called running back dead zone. The running back dead zone this year has been fucking dead. Unless you drafted, unless you drafted DeAndre Swift, which, but it's been horribly dead this year. Um, let's go over to the next game, the last game, the game we skipped, the Saints at the Washington Football Team. The game you skipped, Tim. Don't we, put it on us. We, it's it's a team, all right. No man left behind, and no game left behind. Terry McLaurin has been phenomenal. So is Taylor Heineke, who our very own Bick 
said was a guaranteed QB1 on the Broto live stream, which, by the way, if you don't know, live stream every Saturday with our math magician and the fourth Broto Sunday. brother from another mother. What did I say? Saturday. Oh, sorry. Sunday at 11. It's called crunch time because that's the time you're going to put your lineups in. It's crunch time, baby. You got to make your 11 calls. Eastern, Tim. You got to. We, we're talking to people on the West Coast and around the world. I feel like the way that you guys are talking to me is uh, is just like it's 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 you're making me feel like you you gotta support me, not 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 you're being a you're being a dingbat. Discourage guy. Don't be me, a dingbat. Like you guys would be terrible teachers. Like if you talk to kids like this, they're gonna they're gonna shut down. They're not gonna want to. I do call the work them anymore. dingbats. <laughs> imagine Michael. Tell them don't be a dingbat, dude. If there's one person in this world that can never imagine being a teacher, it's you. I just think you no, don't. Why can't I be a you don't successful teacher. No, no, okay. You could <laughs> you could teach like a, a group of like really smart twelfth graders. Like you could definitely do that. But if you had to teach like special ed sixth grade or something like that, no way. You don't have the patience for it. No shot. If you say so. Um Saints Saints at Washington is the next game. Curtis Samuel was on the side of practice Wednesday and Thursday. I was gonna call him a little sneaky play, um, but I can't can't play him. Uh and I was talking about Terry McLaurin and Taylor Heineke. This is their biggest test so far. The Saints' pass defense has been very good, particularly when um, Marshawn Lattimore, who looks like a shutdown corner again, he had an off year last year, but who looks just like the guy that he was advertised to be in his first two seasons, um, and he gets the big contract extension. He's been playing well. So this is the, the biggest test for them, too. How do you think they fare? Jason, why don't point- you start us off, Jay? At this point, I don't want to trust either of them. Really? You, wow. You just... Why are you so surprised by that? Because Terry McLaurin and that, they've been wide receiver one and quarterback one. It's not like you're talking about scrubs here. Talking about guys who have been. Oh, shit. No, no, no. My bad. I completely misheard your question. I thought you were talking about fucking Curtis Samuel. No, no, no. I was saying you can't play Curtis Samuel. Now let's talk oh, about he- Heineke yeah. and. I, uh. I phrased that question aye, 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 children. as I wanted to hear it. You started talking <laughs> about Curtis Samuel, and I was thinking to myself, I'm not starting him. And then you asked me how you feel about him. And I just assumed you weren't talking about Terry and Heineke. Um, Heineke, guys, I mentioned earlier that Hurts and Mahomes, the only people with four QB1 performances. The only other person who's perfect is Taylor Heineke with three out of three quarterback one performances. Hey, Get a load of this guy. So, it's a it's a tougher matchup for sure. I think he's still in the streaming conversation. I don't have Daniel Jones just put in work against New Orleans. Yeah, similar similar skill sets. I have Heineke not in my top twelve, but I understand if you want to start him. It's just a tougher matchup, and Terry McLaurin did catch like a forty yard just lob into the end zone last week. True. That Terry McLaurin just did Terry McLaurin things. Yeah. You can't count on that every week. McLaurin's a fucking stud. Yeah. You play Terry McLaurin, period, um, week in and week out. Um, he's going to have some rougher games. That's just how it goes when your quarterback's Taylor Heineke, and he's shown that that this year. like He has two games with eight half PPR fantasy points, but the other games are both monster, massive games. So you start Terry McLaurin happily week in and week out. I don't, I don't think that's any question. Guys. Antonio Gibson has as many RB3 finishes, two, as RB2 finishes, two, 
with no RB1 finishers. Well, well, it's been a bad start to the season for the man. And now he gets the Saints. Who, um, if they can do anything, who always can stop the run. It's it's locked down people like Antonio Gibson. What are you telling me, Jay? Where do you have Antonio Gibson ranked this this week? Uh, I have him in the mid-range running back two area. As do I. Me too. I think that's where he's going to be. It's hard. It's hard when, I mean, we don't know what his role is quite yet, but knowing that it can be never being in on two-minute drills and never being in on third down, that's that's hard. That's hard to come back from. Yeah. But you're start. We've seen two games, though, where he's been in in these situations. Like, we've we've seen two games where he has been, and those are the games that he's played better. So it's just like, what, what is J.D. McKissick's role on this team? One day he'll get, he'll get 10 touches, the next day he'll get one touch. It's just like, it's very inconsistent. I think that's the, that's the most frustrating part with Antonio Gibson. Yeah, definitely. Are you guys starting Cordero Patterson? Cordero Patterson. Yeah, man. I have them ranked back to back. Over Antonio Gibson? No. I can't do that. See, there I'm starting Patterson. I have them. I have have Gibson at 15, Patterson at 16. I have them back to back. Bro, real quick question, though. Why is Sony Michelle playing this entire drive? But he's very frustrating. Uh, Henderson hurt his arm somehow. He was was shaking his arm in the corner. Yeah. Oh, goodness, goodness gracious. I know. This guy is it's unfortunate. He's always hurt. back in. Ugh. Higby just ran in and just grabbed Munt. It's like, all right, get the fuck off the field. <laughs> <laughs> um anyone else in this game? Just JD McKissick, Taylor Heineke. At this point, is this a matchup where you're not starting him? Is this a matchup where you're finally like, all right, I need to find another quarterback? Because he's been uh, a quarterback one three depends, weeks in a row. Depends on the options. Obviously, it depends on the options, but I'd be fine trusting him again this week, riding the train, riding the Heineke train, because he uses legs too. They've been throwing a ton. Um, so I mean, I'd I'd be fine with it. Do you, you know, want it always depends on the options? Do you want to play a game? Taylor Heineke or Trevor Lawrence? Heineke. Jason, you're in this too. Heineke. I think I, I prefer Lawrence in that game. Taylor Heineke or Justin Fields? Heineke. Heineke. I prefer Fields. Taylor Heineke or Zach Wilson? Heineke. Heineke. I prefer Wilson. Uh, Taylor Heineke or Daniel Jones? So you clearly are low on Heineke. I am. Daniel Jones. <laughs> Jones. Okay, so that's that's where the cutoff is at. Yeah, I think I have Heineke all the way down at QB 22. I just don't think that... Uh, I think that this is the matchup. He's Taylor Heineke, man. Like, this is a good Saints defense. I don't think that he's going to have so much success. We'll see. If he does, then I'll I'll eat it. But I'm not banking on Taylor Heineke to, to definitely be a quarterback one just because he was quarterback one three weeks in a row against inferior defenses than the Saints. I mean, sure, but they played Buffalo week three, which is a better defense than the Saints, if you ask me. They were chasing. I don't know if they're going to be chasing like they're going to when they play the Saints. I don't know. Yeah. They're not going to be All chasing right. like that. We'll see. All right, that will do it for our show. Make sure you tune in to Part D um, to figure out the Tim rest of the Tim has embraced, embraced the dude. I, I invented that. You guys are the ones that hated that for years. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Oh, I was about to, bro. If we were in yeah, Porsche I, right now, I'd slap oof. you. I'd fucking Ric Flair the chop the shit out of you. I I'm, felt the anger I just like made boiling. my blood boil. <laughs> oh no, Matt Stafford just pointed at his finger, and he's got a wrap around it. Oh no, his right finger. Everyone's getting fucking injured, bro. Huh? That's his fingers been hurting him for like the last three years. Ay ay ay. That's a that's a total rut row. That is a rut row. We're about to go into the half, and it's seven to three. What a gross game. Yeah, what a shit show this is. This is. I said that in the Patreon pod, man. These Rams Seahawks games always end up like this. And just filled with stud players, but the defenses play better. A stat that you probably heard because it was all over Twitter today, but I think must be mentioned is that these teams are twenty sixth and thirty first in pace of play, respectively. Like that's that's usually a sign that you know a defensive battle is gonna is about to go down. And that's what it's been so far. But that's the first half of our show as well. Make sure you turn tune into the second half, and we'll see you there. Peace. Later. Oh, hold on. I got I to gotta do the sign-off, right? At, yeah, I was about to say. You didn't even at ask Brodo, me where at, to find <laughs> At Fantasy for all of us. BrotoFantasy.com. At Broto Ca- Casanova for Cass. Michael, where could they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. Jason? At BrotoFF Jason. At BrotoFF Tim. Uh... For the branding purposes. I'm a team. And at, at Brodo Fantasy, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow us. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Give us money, please. Please. Later. Later. Later.